In the following text, Rav Avram Yitzchak HaKohen Kuk reveals the level of Torah for which the soul of our generation is so desperately and stubbornly yearning. And here of Kuk says, the tremendous insolence, the tremendous chutzpah, which Chazal really say, is a bad thing, one of the negative, one of the curses of the dar before Mashiach is chutzpah yaski. There's going to be a lot of chutzpah. Says Rav Kook, you know, part of that chutzpah, chutzpah, the ikvas of the Mashiach, you know where it comes from? Because the world has already been elevated and prepared to the extent that we are now ready. We are now ready. And it took generations when we weren't ready and when we didn't need this and when we needed to build up to our halacha, and so on. But we are now ready in the sense of the six sons having been built, and particularly here in Eretz Yisrael, but all throughout the world, the kalim are there to now enable that ruach mimarom to come down and fill what we have, the institutions that we've built with a different spirit, with a spirit of, of gu'ula consciousness. And that now our neshamas are demanding to be made aware how every part, every part, part and prat is one word. Ever notice that prat is part. Every part is mekushar el haklal or imaklal to the all. The ain prat built mekushar im hagoidel haklali yuchal haniyachasadas. No part that is not being presented in the greater context of the all, and that doesn't need need to mean that every single time a person you know wants to give a shear and hilchas netil siyadaim, now he has to review every single halacha and every single agada and every single. What it means aklal. Is, is the princess, is the tachlis, is Avodah Hashem. One of the Yidin was speaking at the end of one of the Zooms. You remember he said he went to this halacha shir for kids and the word Hashem is not mentioned for the first, you know, however many hours of the course. That, that's called a prat that's not mukushir to the klal. The klal is the Rabbani Shalom. The klal is dear b'tachtoinen. The klal is the hashkafic foundation, but even hashkafa is not a good word. The Hasidic or the panemistic foundation of really having that relationship with him. To really understand what it's all about, the why that we speak about, that's under the what, where, how, and when, but the why. And any prat that's not kashur to the cloud, we can learn it. It'll be intellectual information. I could write it down in a notebook somewhere. But it's not going to be zoche to be lahaniach esadas, to settle one's mind, to settle in one's mind, to give a person yishavadas, to be able to really feel as if, you know, das means intimacy, that, that they're intimate with this halacha. And that's why our kids get angry. They don't even know why. And most of the adults don't understand why. They get upset because on an ashama level, they are yearning for something they are simply not getting. Let me reword that. They're getting what they need, but not in the manner of presentation that their souls deeply crave. And so they're getting the Gemara. They need the Gemara, they're getting the Gemara. They need the Halacha, and they're getting the Halacha. But it's pratim bilti mikusharim el haklal. Says of Kuk, if we would be engaged with the learning of Torah in this measure, that our spiritual capacities would be grown at the akaras hakishur haroi shalapratim imaklam aruchniyim 
If we would get to that place where our communities would be, of course, bursting with halacha, koilalim. There's nothing sweeter than Tarash Peh. There's nothing more panimi than Tarash Peh, because you understand the panimi is of what Tarash Peh is, the parts of Malchus, and, and how that relates dafka to our generation, and how every single sif katan Mishnah Brua is bursting with the presence of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Of course. But how all of that would be presented within the general context of a yearning to be close to the master of the world, to be aware of him, which is in the beginning of Shulchan Aruch for a reason, because it's the Iker, because it is the vessel within which all of the other halachas with chilukid dinim and pulpulim and pulpulim pulpulim and the shach and the bach and the taz and the nesek kalim and the gra, how all of that is supposed to come within and never, ever, ever to negate the consciousness of Shivis Hashem and Samad, you know what happens, says Rukh. This is Arishal Mashiach. This itself is Arishal Mashiach. Doesn't mean to say the Mashiach is not a person who's not going to come. He's Mashiach. He will come. He's a person. He's an individual. He's a tzaddik. He will arrive and he will complete this process. But the R of Mashiach is already shining in the world. It's been shining in the world for 270 years now. This is already the light of the sun of Geula that the Medrash describes as rising in such a manner of Kim'a, Kim'a. It rises slowly, the Shemesh of Geula. And it seems clear from context, but it seems clearer from experience that Mashiach's arrival is not the beginning, but the end of that process. That Mashiach's arrival physically as a person comes to culminate the process in which the sunlight of redemption is already and has already been shining in the world, says Rav Cook, if this would happen and when this will happen and we are a part of it. And it's the biggest privilege in our lives. And it's a beginning of Am Segula. I don't know why I was chosen. I don't know why we were chosen. It doesn't make sense. There's a very small chalik of us. We're not big numbers. Klape the the general broader community. It's a very small chilek of people that are living this way and are trying to live, are yearning to live this way. And it's on us. It's an obligation. It's an achrayas to share it, to be a rebbe to the world. Mamish, it's an achrayas. You don't feel comfortable. Nobody feels comfortable. It's not about you. It's about what needs to be done. And we have been put into this position for a reason. So go out of your comfort zone and share. And make a chavrusa with somebody. And teach them whatever you know. You know Aleph, like the Lubavitch Rebbe used to say, teach Aleph. You know Aleph and Beis, teach Aleph and Beis. Whatever you know, share it. There's those that know less. Always. It says Rav Kook, when this happens, and it doesn't just mean tshuva to return to Hashem, but tshuva as a general force. That if you learn Arasa, tshuva has already been compelling the world back to HaKadosh Baruch Hu from the beginning of time. With it and through it, would come to fruition and actualization. We have the weapon in our hands. The question is, are we courageous enough to use it? It's unpleasant sometimes because it necessarily implies that what is and what was is no good. Malasot. Malasot. I don't have all the answers. And we can't all the time explain why there are certain gedoyle oilam that we can't even, we shudder to, to speak their name, are not on this page. It's, it's one of the pleas of the world. I don't understand it. We don't necessarily need to understand it. But the viceroy feels something so strongly we're going to read about how he encounters those giants that try to tell him there's no such thing as the princess. Stop your quest. 
and he doesn't get into it with them. He's not, he's not going to argue with them. It's not his place, but he doesn't lose. The certainty, the absolute clarity that what he's after exists because he's tasted it, that doesn't go away. That doesn't go away. So be respectful. And we're all trying to be as respectful as we possibly can. And not to be against, like we spoke about, but to be for. And to really be makir, to simply open our eyes and realize it's a new world. It's a new generation. And there's new lights coming to the world. And we'd be foolish to continue to ignore them. And Rav Cook was so clear about this. He didn't, he wasn't like, he didn't try to couch anything in, in, in nicer terms. He just said it. He mamish said it, and he had to put up with what he put up with from the quote-unquote establishment. He, he dealt with plenty of cook. But he had the conviction, and he knew what he knew, and he absolutely refused to give up for one moment fighting for what he believed in. And he wrote, garma because weakness, laziness has prevented this from happening. It has not yet become revealed in the world. When there is such a desire as there is today for this incredible revelation of the essence of Yiddishkeit at the end of time, the princess, the tachlis, the end game, the premise, all, the all of Yiddishkeit, when that desire arises within the neshamas of our children, that all the details should be understood in the sense of their ultimate meaning. But when the institutions are not yet prepared to deal with this demand, and on a very, very, very basic level, I hate to say it, the, 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 the educators themselves, they don't know what you're talking about. You talk about basic, basic concepts of emuna, basics. It's a chiddish to them. They never heard such a thing. And it's not their fault. Where should they have heard it? Where should they have heard it? When was their time to hear it? When? And guess what? It's not the school's fault either because this is already generational. Their rabbeim didn't know it. And their rabbeim, the rabbeim most of the time didn't know it. Something happened. And there needed to be a tremendous chizuk of the six sons after the war in a way that was not necessary in previous generations to make sure that basics of Yiddishkeit were kept, basics. And there was a big, big, big interruption and a big hester and a tremendous, awesome ayom venora, such a attack from the satan to prevent what had begun with Rebchaim Velashim and with the Balshem Kadesh and with the Gura, Pnimi Satora, both by the Litvish and by the Hasidish. There was a tremendous, tremendous fear, particularly in America, that Yiddishkeit was falling apart and that we needed to really root in the establishment in terms of Lakewood Yeshiva and other original Yeshivas, even by the Hasidim, to teach the basics, 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 to reestablish Torah scholars in a classical sense, Tamid Chacham and Benigle. And then somehow we got, we got stuck there. Somehow it froze. And things moved on. And Baruch Hashem, we're not in that matzev of pachad anymore. On the contrary, it's the exact opposite now. We have all of that in abundance, abundance that nobody could have dreamed of 70 years ago. Do you understand what's going on here? 70 years ago, there's more Torah being taught now. I don't know the numbers, 
but in great, great measure more than in any other time in, in history. In depth, in breadth, the entire Torah, people finishing Shas every single year. We have no Asaga. Regular people, you'd walk by them in the supermarket. You don't know. I live here in Yerushalayim. I don't know what these people are. I try to treat everybody with respect. I don't know. I, I'm, I don't know who these people are. I go to Vizhnitz over here to the Shtival to Davin. Every other Chassid already is walking around with half, a, half of Shas in his head. You don't know. But at this time, that Mamish, we don't have the capacity to meet the demand, the demand of, not, not of our children's demand, but of the neshama of our generation that manifests within our children, that manifested within us, that we experienced deep down this thirst and who knows where it led us because we misinterpreted it because we did not understand it because our needs were not being met. When that doesn't happen, there comes an awesome destruction. This is logic. This is not, this is not a deep sowed. This is basic logic and very practical. How are we to expect that our children should engage with the practical elements of Yiddishkeit and appreciate a Shabbos and appreciate tefillin and, and sukkahs and so on and so forth when they were never taught what in heaven's name these things are? It's basics. And then there's an awesome destruction and people are wondering, why are our kids running away? And this is what Masha Weinberger has said, that the kids are not wanting running away from Yiddishkeit. They push it, never met it. They never met it. Now, this doesn't go to say that each and every kid that's struggling. I said before, there's no cloud barzel and there's abuse and there's terrible things that happen. And again, we didn't say the cure. I said a cure to some of the spiritual ailments. I don't say to every single thing there are. It's a, it's a, yeah, it's a party of this world, right? It's a, it's a world of darkness. I don't say for everything, but in many, many cases, in many cases, Exposed to a Yiddishkeit of the princess, there's a commitment. This is where a lot of the destruction is coming from. Not maybe, it's not one of the drachim. We must, we absolutely must. I can't impress it upon you enough. We must to utilize the lofty and elevated cure and remedy and antidote. To bolster the spiritual capacity of our children and of our institutions. How every single aspect of Yiddishkeit and the way in which we're able to understand how every single prat, and there are many of them, are makushar to the klal, to the loftiest, most elevated klal, our kids are the deepest and we give them nothing. We give them nothing. And they're crying out for depth. They're crying. And what do we give them? We give them what they need. But again, where's the foundation? They need so much deeper. So much. And we say, no, this generation, no, they, they have no attention span. They have no attention span because you're the one teaching it. They have no attention span. Find somebody who can teach in a way that, they, that the kids are able to connect. It is not the kids' fault. They have big attention spans. They are interested. They are inquisitive. They are, they are, they are open. They are open. And I know this firsthand. I go to yeshivas. I go around. I don't do 10 minute things. We sit and we talk in depth with these guys, many, many different yeshivas, not all of them where the kids have a background of knowledge of any of these ideas. Most of them that contrary, and they don't leave afterwards. They come to my table in the front in hordes afterwards. And they, one more debor, one more something to hear something. 
They want They are open to it. They are mamish open to it. When we strengthen our spiritual capacities, ultimately we're going to be able to understand how all of these pratim, the practical maizim, which again, none of this comes to negate one iota of, one iota of, but it becomes easy to grasp by way to be able to understand the manner in which we already contained it within us. Like I said from the Baal Shem there's this nikuda of bringing these ideas, Shemayim, down to earth. I'm just down to earth. But us, says Rav Kook, Yashav Koyach HaChaim HaRuchni B'Maisa U'Videya L'Hifiyah Ba'olam. Then, the Koach of life, real life. Rabbi Nachman said, Yesh Har B'Minechayim. There's many different kinds of life, many kinds of living. Hayom says Rabbi Nachman today, Chayisi Chaim Tov. I lived a good life. Good life. Rabbi Nachman lived a good life. Lost his first wife. He lost four children. He suffered from tuberculosis. And it was sickly bechlal throughout his life, his very short life. Chayisi Chaim Tovim. The Yiddish kind is supposed to be an experience of Chaim Tovim. There's no Osher. There's with both an Aleph and an Ayim. There's no happiness. There's no wealth like a life of Torah, like a life with Hashem. Learning with Hashem, davening with Hashem, shopping with Hashem. Chaim, Chaim, that good life, that good life, Osher, Osher, Lofia, Ba'olam, Etshuva, Klolis, Tachelasis, Espiria, would give forth fruit. There's no way. There is absolutely no way to make it. There's really no way to make it as a sane person living a Chaim Tovim, unless you have the Nigla. Not to let go of the nigla for one moment. That's not the point of any of this. Chas v'shalom, has Together with bashpa of the daikonus, of the nuance, of the sense for understanding that there's a moment that exists beyond this moment. And that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is doing things in the world. And to see his chesed. And to understand that there's gulgulim. And to understand that the whole world is, is being elevated despite this, that on the external aspect, it appears to be yoreid in a way that's awesome. But Pepinimius, it's rising. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu is being misak in the world. And it's dafka with all the yuridas that were able to come back to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. All of this is in mister. Not so much in nigla. Not so much in nigla. Or at least, if it's a nigla, it's in the agadic portions of nigla. Then we're able to bring the nigla, which is an absolutely clear connection with what is actually happening, actually, from our human perspective, which is halacha, nigla, clearly defined boundaries of this worldliness, shkia, and zrichasachama, and, and, and mayim, and measurements, and, and, and sheer matzah. It defines things in a world of nigla, but you're able to infuse that with the energy of the kindness of the panemius, of a broader perspective, of a more holistic perspective, chachma, as opposed to bina. And that brings a sweetening. That's the goal. This beautiful balance and synthesis between the six sons and the princess in Lima Torah, nigla with nister. And when a person has that in Davaria Feh, there's nothing more beautiful than a black amar. There's nothing more sweet and delicious than sitting down 45 minutes with a Mishnah Brura and doing the Bir Halacha. There's nothing more holy. There's nothing more godly. There's nothing more intimate than to delve into the Nikla 
when it's in the context of a hashpa of nister. Nothing. And why we can't put these two things together, and we always set it up as a stira, two things can be true at once. Two things can be true at once. And if Cook writes, Hakabala Hayunis, the theoretical Kabbalah, the learning of Pinimias HaTorah, he idealis, which is idealistic in, in nature, which really, in terms of the idealistic nature of, 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 of Kabbalah, was really brought to light. And that's what we spoke about before in the context of the garments, right? Was really brought to light through the teachings of Hasidus. Shaladar Hasmuchim, where he was talking about the Hasidus as opposed to Hasidim or but the later Hasidim, the Baal Shem HaKadosh. Him of Hakol Siri. It comes to portray this idealistic vision of the world and this understanding of how things ought to be and the way in which every single action and circumstance is part and parcel of bringing the world to that place, it comes to expression in the works of Hasidus. This is a wonderful, wonderful encapsulation of what is Hasidus? What is the core, core Hasidus? And this is, by the way, at the core of everything we've been speaking about in the context of this course as well. Let's read this line. Mamisha line. Wow. Of Cook. Ooh. What a what a what a gift. Hatohu Hamuchlet, of Cook says. In Hasidus, the tov is seen as being muchlet, muchrach, absolute, firm. Ha'omed, the thing that is real. Perhaps all, but certainly most of the foundational teachings of the Baal Shem HaKadosh may be seen as being an offshoot or offshoots of this principle, which really speaks to our first principle. At our core, we are holy and everything else is dimyoni. It's a dimyon, doesn't exist. It's not real. And and therefore, Hasidus tells us that because the tov is essential and because the tov is always there, so we're able to look at other people in which the tov is not bolet, but to believe that it's still there, it's always there, and to look at circumstances that don't appear to be positive and to be absolutely sure that all the negativity is only on the outside, but at the core, at the root, it is good. And to look at the world and at current events as messed up as things are, and to look at a coronavirus, and to look at crazy elections, and to look at... Uh, societies that are being torn apart left and right, and to be able to look beyond the surface of the Ra and to be absolutely positive that there is Tov in there and that with the help of Hashem, everything will turn around like Rabbi Nachman expressed so succinctly and clearly and beautifully and strongly. Yesh Inyin, there is such a thing, there's a concept, Shahakol Mishapech Latoiva, that everything can turn around, everything. Ain Yish Ba'olam Klal, you did not hear that from those that were only connected to Nicholas Atari. You didn't. You didn't. There was no such, such hashpa, such a clear declaration in every word, in every breath to say that there is no despair and that HaKadosh Baruch is with a person no matter what. This all comes from this because the tov is the mukhlat and the raz dimyoni. The ain makam and so there's no room for sadness in the in the way of, of, of a depression that we spoke about, which is rooted in hopelessness as opposed to Shibran Lay, which is a good thing. There's no room for that. Rak Simcha, Viroyim Hemus Neshama. 
Tzarech Lemales HaKol needs to fill everything, every every word of Gemara that we learn, every word of Hasidus that we learn. You could also learn Hasidus like a, a non-Hasid or a person who's not connected. There's also a way of doing that. Every word of Hasidus, every word of Tefillah, and every business transaction, and every conversation with a friend, and every vacation with your family, everything is filled with Reimamus Nesham and Simcha. Because the Tov is the Mukhlet, and the Raz Dimyoni. In the following text, Rishleim Avalba, who was not a chassid at all, and my father learned by Rishleim Avalba, my grandmother in Lidingo after the war learned by Rishleim Avalba. He set up a yeshiva for girls in, uh, in Sweden after the after the Holocaust. My grandmother and my father learned by Rishleim, and I'm a big uh, a big chassid of, of, of Rishleim Avalba, and I'm learning his sarm all the time. Listen to this line. Creation is extremely deep. Amukama History is extremely deep. It is possible to live in this world in a way of simplicity. We walk on the ground. We don't think for one moment, well, what's beneath the earth? What we're walking on, it's pili plus, just in a, physio- in a physical sense, just ge- geographically. You speak about what's in the earth. We're walking on a ball of fire. Do you understand what's going on here? We don't think about it for a second. We walk outside. Don't think. But certainly what's within the Arceus, in a spiritual sense, what the earth is, the last hay of Yudke Vavke, is domain. What Afar is, spiritually, what sand is, what rocks are, Evan, Afar. If we're lucky, if we're lucky, we look at the heavens. You know, just to look and see if should I bring an umbrella. We don't look at heavens and feel that radical amazement and that awe and wonder, trembling to stand in the presence of of Yadi Tipcha Shamayim, of a Kaddish Baruch Hu, who, who spread out heavens and who's spreading out heavens all the time. We open up the newspaper and we read about what this one said and that president and this prime minister and we read about current events, what's happening with this one and with that one. Without thinking about the manner in which HaKadosh Baruch Hu exists within all of this and how he's bringing it to be. And Hasidus, it wasn't just Hashgacha. It's not such a thing. It's not simply that he's looking down upon us from this place. And the Balatanya says that HaKadosh Baruch Hu knows the world in the same way that we know our finger. We don't, we're not looking at our finger and perceiving that I have a thumb. It's a, it's a part of me. I'm feeling my thumb. So I feel what happens to my thumb. Not because when I bang my thumb, I have to think in my head, oh, I have a thumb. I banged it on a table. I should feel pain. Okay, I feel pain. I, it's part of me. And the world is in a way part of HaKadosh Baruch Hu in that sense. Not just hashkacha. Agadosh Baruch Hu fills history. He fills everything. And it's possible in a negative way. Of course, pshitas is, is the highest ideal. But not a pshitas that's devoid of das. A pshitas that's the result of das. But in a negative sense. We put on tzitzis. We keep Shabbos. Hopefully. All these things hopefully. Halavai. Halavai. We sometimes fill the obligation of tefillah from beginning to end properly with kavana. Without feeling for one moment the depth, the incredible depth of the mitzvahs. 
Ma'amina And Yuri says it. We believe with Amun Pshuta, which is classically a good thing, but das without any of the contemplation and without knowing to understand how those that believed with a simple faith that was taka a wonderful thing even got to that level. Revolva finishes. Why is it so important? Why is it so important? Just be on the level of the six sons. Just be. Possible to be a good Jew, live simply. For us, this is not possible, you understand. For Hebrew that are really in tune with this thirst for Pneumius, it's not possible. We wouldn't. We'd check out. We, 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 we would not be able to simply live because we, we have the neshama and our generation, Bechlau, has the neshama of a, of a seeker. It's never, it's never stopping. It's, it's always compelled to seek and search and never to be satisfied with where we are. But theoretically, possible to live life just as a good Jew. To do things simply. Says yes, it is true. Absolutely, you can be a good Jew and never once be able to delve deeper under the surface of anything that you're learning. Which goes back to what Urkuk was saying about this feeling of ancient miyosh, feeling of hope that everything can be turned around. His chadshos, the beginning to renew ourselves when things begin to get stale, the, the ability to tap into a reservoir of mayim chayim, of living, flowing waters of life. Ein bechayim ke'ela. A life of chidish ve'ishadshos are lacking from such a life. So it's the six suns and it looks nice on the outside but it's missing the princess. Every day is like the last. Everything is habit. The whole Yiddishkeit, the whole life, all of our relationships, everything that's happening in the world. It's just life. Just life can go out of our kalim from what a wonder life is. We spoke about this at length. All discovery is a result of a person delving into the depth. If you want to innovate, you want to tap into something new, a new angle, you have to be yored into the Torah, to the deepest, deepest depth of the Torah. The only way a person can renew himself is to tap into the depth within himself. Because if all I know of myself is the nigle, if all I know of myself is the chitzonius, if all I know of myself is the negative behaviors that I cannot seem to break out of, and I don't understand that at my core I am holy and that the tov is muchlat, then there's no eschadshus. If I have no access to the depth within myself, I'm never able to renew myself. And my life is one of Yish and Sinus Habrias that most often reflects itself in a self-hatred more than the hatred of another person. Sinus Habrias. Self-loathing. Because we weren't taught properly. And we have to save people, Hever. We have to save kids. We have to go back in time and we have to put an arm around our own shoulder in the form of somebody else. And we have to enable a person to avoid all of the garbage that we had to go through before discovering a life of Das, a life of Hashem, 
a life of basic common sense, a life of tzaddikim, a life of panemias. We must, we absolutely must. Because it's only in that place of the depth that you really encounter the MS of hachlata, of that which is muhlat. The importance of all of this cannot be overstated. The importance of this klal cannot be overstated because it claims to be a cure and there are a lot of illnesses. There are a lot of maladies. There's a lot of pain in the world. There's a lot of brokenness in the world. And a lot of that pain and brokenness is the result of a misinterpretation and a misunderstanding. A lot of it. And a lot of what begins emotionally that then has an effect in in the actions and the choices that people make or take. It's all a result of a lack of the true understanding of what's really going on. What Yiddishkeit is really all about. 